0: Welcome to Highly Irritable. This is my daddy's show.
1: I love that song. That might be my new favorite song, I gotta tell you.
2: I know, it's good.
1: Well, welcome to another podcast with Highly Irritable. I'm your host, Adam Lee.
2: And I'm Marissa Jane. Marissa
1: Jane, the lovely, the beautiful, the sweet, the not-so-innocent, sex-toy-loving woman.
2: Oh, you're too kind.
1: I swear, sometimes. But let me tell you, as you guys can listen to or hear, the podcast has a special guest today. We are going to gear the whole show towards this gentleman and his band. That song you just heard was called Burn It Down, and it is by a band called Afterlife. And I'm sure some of you have already heard of this band. Um, But I would like to welcome to the stage, because he is not only going to interview, but he's also going to be part of our show today, because we are doing a game show. Yay! 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 Marissa hasn't had one in a while. She was like itching like a crackhead.
2: I'm deprived.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's not very many things she cracks out about, but game shows are one of those things. Right, babe? Oh, yeah. So anyways, without further ado, I would like to welcome this gentleman to the stage. Uh, His name is Tyler Levinson, and he is the lead singer of a band called Afterlife. Tyler,
3: welcome to the stage, my friend. What's up? What's going on? How are you doing? I'm doing good. Throwing back a couple of brews, yeah, yeah, having a good night. Right on. We've been uh, we I've been looking forward to this for a while. Me too. I was like the whole week. I was like, oh fuck, you know, Thursday, here we go. Yeah. I have, to have the best interview ever. I'm <laughs> stoked. Right on. Right on. Well, hey,
1: uh, so why don't you tell us a little bit about like kind of the backstory of afterlife? Like how did it all begin? And well, actually, you know what, let's not go there. Let's start this. How, how did you get into music? What influenced you
3: to get into music? So like, I love this. I love this question because it's such an unorthodox way to get thrown into music. So um, I had a friend's band many years ago, play a show. And I was going to the show and I was like friends with everybody in the band. I liked the band. I knew all the music. So we are all the way to the show. We get to the show. The singer in the actual band couldn't make the show. He got like in a car accident or something. I'm not sure. So they were like, all right, well, we can't drop the show. We got to still perform. And someone was like, why doesn't Tyler just do it? And like, at that time I was like, Oh my God, I was like maybe 18, 19 years old. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. So we play the show, and people are loving it, just going insane. And like as we were finishing, the singer of the band made it to the show, came into the show, saw what was going on, and then just walked out. And I was, I was just like, "He was." That was just it. Um, so I was in a band called Every Passing Dream for a couple of years, um, and then at one point, we decided to just kind of like not do that band anymore, and that's how Afterlife came about. So. You so you didn't even have like singing lessons or anything, right? I haven't, I didn't take singing lessons or work with a vocal coach up until the last couple of years. Holy cow! So you so, literally
1: were standing side stage and someone said, Dude, we need basically.
3: you basically, yeah, literally, <laughs> basically. And it was like, and it was my first time, I think, ever like screaming or doing because at that time it was all screaming, right. Ye- yelling or something i don't know there was no technique involved at the time and like the next month later like we started like writing like a, an ep so it was like into it like no preparation just having fun and you know i'm here today because of it so it's awesome
2: that's crazy i've heard it takes like years of practice to be able to do screamo because it takes like yeah. a lot
3: it was uh, i remember losing my voice like any time i try to do anything at that point point. It, it. I think it, it. It also calloused my voice to make it sound the way it does today, Um by just like the trial and error of screaming and just fucking my voice up, and then you know now that's how I am. And then after all the touring we've already done, it's like it's kind of like just talking at this point. Like I can just scream whenever, and it doesn't hurt, it doesn't give any strain on my voice or anything like that. So I guess I'm thankful it happened the way it did.
1: What? It's kind of crazy though cuz you write the songs for Afterlife too. Um I know you've written a majority of this album songs too. Okay. Were you writing poetry before you even got thrown up to the stage
3: or were you writing songs before that even happened? No, not really. Um I, I it's it's funny to say cuz I wasn't really involved in music growing up. Like I wasn't like I didn't have like I don't think favorite bands until I was like maybe you know, 18 or 19 or something. So I, I wasn't really involved, like how kids nowadays are, you know, you talk to a 12 year old, he'll tell you ten of his favorite bands. Right. Um, so like, I just got thrown into it and just got immersed in this world of like, just heavy music. And like one of the first bands that ever got me into heavy music was Norma Jean. Oh, okay, and yeah. I fell in love with that band. And in the summer of 2019, we actually got to tour with them, which was like a huge, like full circle type of thing. Um, so it, it's just cool how things like that happen. I, it, I'm
1: thankful for it. It's wild. I, I mean, <clears throat> it takes people. I mean, that's like, a. I guess you could say that's like some sort of a natural ability for you to be able to kind of jump in the hot seat like that. And then yeah. boom, start pumping songs out. It's not, I mean, and how long did it take you to literally, so let's just say like a song, like, um, one of my favorite songs, Marissa and I love this one is broken home. Okay. And, um, like, how long did it take you to really write that song?
3: Well, Broken Home, so uh, the whole thing with that song is we, myself, my guitar player, and our producer, Zach Jones, were here in Florida, and we were just messing around with like, um, like some synth production, and we were just playing around with a bunch of stuff. And he was like, you know, why don't we write a song about your past? And I was like, I don't really know if I want to kind of like talk about that right now, because I didn't feel ready to talk about it. So then when we started writing for the full length, because we were doing writing sessions in advance, when we started writing for it, he was like, I really think this could be a song that can touch a lot of people and can, you know, really make an impact. So we sat down, we started writing it. And I said, the only way I'll write a song like this is if it's like like real life accounts of what happened. Man. I wanted to tell the story from the, the incident it's, where it started all the way... You know to where it ended for the song i couldn't go on like forever about it so when i wrote that it was all like just i was just telling re- basically what happened that so it it's, really
1: is i mean listening to the lyrics of it and then kind of reading you talk about it because it, it, it is true though that at the age yeah. of 14 you came home one day and out of nowhere your dad just decided to kick your ass
3: yeah it, like So like, I was out with like, so one of my friends at that time, his, you know, father committed suicide. And, you know, I was being a good friend, the best friend I could at like, at that time, like to be there for him. I got home and like, I told my dad about it. And he just was spitting off the wall about all this other stuff. And like, just kind of like, it just made me mad. So obviously, I knew at 14, I said something. I don't mm. exactly remember, but like I, I said something and I went to my room and then that's where it all started. It just spiraled out of control at that point. And that was just like the the events of that night. And then that's where it took the song. And we wanted it to song like we wanted the song to feel very it's a sad song. Like yeah. when we play it live, like grown adults will come up to the merch table and they'll like, I can relate to that song, or This is what happened to me when I was a kid, or there was times when I, I was mean to my kids like this, you know? So, so it's like it, it, we never had any intentions of releasing it as a single or even playing it live. Um, But one day we were doing rehearsal and we we're like, we got to play this song live. Like, yeah, it, it's just powerful.
1: It really uh, so you is. Put it
3: in the set list. Then it became like, in, like people loved it.
1: Do you mind if I play a sample for the audience?
3: Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So I, I wish more people knew about the song. No, like I it, it streams pretty well, but like, I, I feel like that song could have been huge. Well, you know, it
1: might be one of those things where you guys bring back as, like, a resurface, you know, that's, like, you bring it back to another album because it it definitely is not getting what it deserves, and this is one yeah. of those songs, you know. It, it's funny because a lot of the times when artists, I've noticed, write their deepest, darkest song, that's not always the one, even though it should be the one that gets, you know, the most uh, yeah. views or or streams like Jonathan Davis has a couple songs from Korn that he wrote that are like insane like you can feel the way he feels in the moment when he was being molested by his whatever yeah and it's like holy shit or you see him cry on stage when he's singing it it's tough like and those songs don't go nowhere like they don't go as far as they should have gone but this, this one is one of those songs where I can hear it and I can kind of the way that you sing it and the way that it's portrayed in the song and the way you wrote the song, it's almost like you're in the living room with you when this moment is happening. It's, it's insane. But, um, so let's do that. I'm going to play a sample guys. This song is called broken home written by Tyler Levinson, played by the band afterlife. So here we go. Dude, that's almost like uh, it's like almost uncomfortable,
3: you know, like, I mean, a lot of people said that too live because, you know, the the first real tour we played it on was we were on tour with Ice Nine Kills and uh, From Ashes to New. So, you know, that's a very high energy, you know, type of crowd. Mm -hmm. So when when we played and slowed it down, it it kind of allowed the crowd to have to sit there and listen to what I was saying Yeah, because I did a, I did a speech before that song every night and dedicated that song to victims of, you know, domestic assault and domestic abuse. And there, you know, that's, that tour is doing like seven, 800, 900 people a night. So there's bound to be someone in there that could relate to it, if not a great deal of people. So, you know, I'd see people's faces in the crowd, just kind of like, like swelling up with like emotion about that. And that's like such an awesome thing because at at first, like, I think as a musician, it's incredibly important to not shelter yourself off emotionally in music, at least for me anyway, because, you know, there's a lot of times, especially in this pandemic, where, you know, I've felt a certain way and I know there's someone out there that feels the same exact way. So seeing like being a person in the crowd looking up at a band on the stage talking about, either the same thing you're going through at that time or have, I feel like it's just a connection that you can't get anywhere else instead of like a live concert
1: No, well, and and, you know I live on live music, so the fact that it's been shut down I mean, it's been tremendous, like, to my psychological being, like, I need it, like, I need to be there, I need to look the band in the face while they're playing and feel the hair on my arms rise up and go through, like, that emotional journey, you know Yeah. And, you know, it's just kind of a trip. I mean, even just listening to you right now, like your vocals, I still can't believe that you just got thrown up on the stage and all of a sudden it was like, boom, you you started writing songs because you wrote, this is such a beautiful song about such a tremendous moment in your life and such a turning point in your life. Because after this happened, which is still crazy that it just came out of nowhere, like that your dad and you just got in this massive fight, like the whole house exploded is what I'm – Picking up from the song.
3: And then it was, it was a very, so, you know, uh, obviously coming from like a traumatic incident like that, I think naturally you just kind of block out, you know, all that time. Like it's hard to, it's hard for me to think about and remember if anything led up to that. Yeah. If there was any, you know, turbulent stuff prior to that night. But after that, it was almost like, I won't make my, my dad to be out the worst person in the world. Right. But like, you know, things changed that night. Like it was never the same. My, my family's like, like lifestyle was never the same. The relationship between my mom and dad was never the same. So that moment was incredibly pivotal in the rest of my teenage years before I was kicked out at 18 uh, to where I was like homeless for like six months at 18, you know, I, I no, I had no idea. Yeah. Like I graduated high school at 17 um, and then all this stuff, you know, so it's like a lot of that is very foggy and it, it's, you know, it's, it's good because, you know, there's could be things I, I shouldn't have to remember. It's also bad because like, I don't really remember being a kid up until that point, you know, like, you know, I remember bits and pieces, but like it is, it's, I put it all out there for people to listen to. And it, it's been awesome to see the kind of reception it has and the, the people it's touched and changed well you know me and marissa talk
1: a lot about depression and anxiety on the show just because yeah this show was brought to this show was brought out because of depression and anxiety i was going through it like yeah. still kind of battling with it you know inner demons I, it's funny you say that because i kind of relate to that and i'm sure you do too like as far as like Sometimes Marissa and I will have conversations about our past, you know, and you you try to remember it as best as you can. Like, what did, like, all you can do is feel the moment. You just can't express it. Yeah. So I think, like, you know, for you to have this musical outlet to be able to express it has probably helped you tremendously because you you ran away and then you got caught by the police and were forced to come back after that moment,
3: right? It was, I remember, like, you know, My guitar player, current guitar player, Andrew, I've been friends with him for about 15 years. When I ran away, I met up with him and one of my good friends at the time. So he's literally in the other room right now, but he's been there and through all these different things in my life, whether it was that, uh, you know, when I was away. And then when I, you know, being in the band and touring. So he's been there for a lot. And it's like, it's, I would love to write a book one day about it you know what I mean yeah like, you should I feel like there's there's so much still to be talked about well I think
1: so they I think generally people try to suppress depression and anxiety they want they try to suppress it in the fact that it's someone being you know you're looked at as a drama queen or something to that effect yeah. even though you know I'm sure if it ever happened to them. You you know I'm sure you you you've talked about it. You've had depression and anxiety, correct? Like you're dealing with Absolutely.
3: that. Do you
1: see He'll a therapist for that?
3: Um yeah, I've seen a therapist. Um I'm trying to deal with it on my own. Yeah, um, which is it, it's tough. I don't recommend it to anyone if they try to deal with it on their own. It's hard. You know if if I feel like if you are going through these things, a professional is probably the best bet. Um, but you know it's it's, I think the pandemic, I I noticed as I get older, my anxiety, my depression, my, you know, self doubt and all these things, it's getting worse Mm -hmm. and not worse in a way where it's going to prevent me from doing things, but I'm becoming more aware of, of it. Yeah. As a kid, it's like, it's, everything's happy go lucky. You know, you don't Mm -hmm. have any real issues or, or real responsibilities, but as an adult, it's like, all you can think about is like these things. Yeah. You know, it's, it's something that the pandemic has only made worse, honestly.
1: Yeah. I, I think that, you know, for people like us that deal with this kind of stuff, like it's funny because I know there's a ton of people that do, especially people in our, in our industry entertainment. Yeah. And I think anxiety and depression is like probably the leading cause of people becoming entertainers because it's like yeah. you break out, you realize like, you know, all these things affected me a certain way. And I had no idea it's like PTSD and it just
3: hits you one day. And you're like, damn, like, you know, I never even knew this about myself. I didn't know I felt this way. and (laughs) Now I felt this way. What do I do? You know, it's, it's, I'm thankful for music and being able to perform because I've been told, and I've noticed this myself when I'm on stage performing, it's like an entirely different person. As you, as you're speaking to me now, I'm very like calm, I'm collected like I'm very you know th- w- the way I am yeah but on stage it's like it to me it never mattered who I was on tour with whether we were second third whatever that was my show when yeah. I was on that stage I also I can even DM you a video or send you a video it's the same thing when people like listen to the music they're like I cannot believe that voice comes out of a of a person like you and it, it's been really nice to have that kind of outlet on stage to go there and just kind of like take a whole new form, like take a whole new identity on stage.
1: Right. Well, it's, it helps you get away from the reality. I mean, my yeah. I'm so jealous of you because I like I would, you know, I'm the guy that sits in here and listens to your music and I, I run around the house and pretend like I'm playing guitar on a mop. And that I'm
3: singing the way you're singing. Yeah. <laughs> like there's still- I do the same thing. Like I just <laughs> like I think it's it's so sick because I feel like even as you know, I could say professional musician or whatever, I'm still a fan of music. Like yeah. I lis- I came across this band, I knew of the band, but I never gave their new record a listen. This band called Teenage Wrist. They're like a uh, emo maybe like rock band. I'm I'm not sure what to call them, but they have a song and like, I heard it for the first time and I was like, holy fuck, all I want to do is sing this song over and over in my car. You know, it's like, (laughs) or like act like I'm in the band, like, like just playing like shoe Like It's like, it's, it's very cool that like, I still have that, I guess, innocence to listen to other bands and be like, you know, be like not a musician for once. Right. And just enjoy the music. So you guys just released
1: burn it down yes um in is there an album behind burn it down are you guys have you already recorded the whole album for that or are you guys in the process
3: of doing that so um, I'm not sure when this will air but um, we do have a brand new record it's been done since October of 2020 nice we started recording it uh, in the middle of the pandemic we were actually in the studio in March working with Um, Our producer is Zach Jones in Los Angeles. Um, And three weeks into the studio, COVID happened. So we were in LA. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys were living there at the time. And if you were, you knew how serious it was. They were talking about shutting the airports down and all this stuff. And all of of our guys are from Florida and Texas. So they're like, we need to make a decision now. We got to put this on hold. We got to get on planes. We got to get home. Yeah, or stuck because I lived in LA the entire time during the pandemic, and it was fucked. It was like it was bad. It's still
1: Um, semi fucked.
3: Yeah, you know, like it's 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 insane. And now now I'm in Florida. It's like pandemic. What they don't care here. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, like they don't give a shit. Yeah. So, um, you know, we had to put a hold on the record, and we're like, at this time, we're like, oh my god, what is happening? You know, it it was just a, a mess. So over the rest of the year in bits and pieces, we are working on the record, recording it. We finally finished it in October. Um, and then we have just been building it since like all the behind the scenes stuff. And we do have a release date and it's very soon, at least announcing the record is very soon. Yeah. Okay. okay so we record. don't
1: want to go too much further into that, but there is something nah. behind burn it down. Yes. <laughs> all right. 100.
3: there's a lot behind Burn It Down. Yeah. I, was, I was just getting on a roll here. I was like, oh, this is the name. This is. The- <laughs> I know, I'm like, wait, don't do it. Because I
1: remember no, you, no, I you
3: were texting me telling me, D- we
1: got a lot of shit coming up in June. So like, you know, like we're, we got to hammer this out. And I was like, okay, I get it. <laughs> and I'm like, so now I know exactly Put what's going to happen. Put the pieces together, yeah. you know?
3: <laughs> but it, it's, I, think it's, I think another thing about this pandemic, it's, it's really taken away... The like the veil of like secrecy with bands mm-hmm. because no one wants to sit there and, and be in like like confusion about what's going on. A lot of bands and labels have been really just putting it out there for the fans. Right, fans are loving it. They don't they don't want to have to sit there and do a puzzle to find out a release date. You know what I mean? No. Well, it it's and the other thing is like going to your favorite band's website
1: and not being able to see when they're performing next. And it's like because yeah. nobody is really. Who's going to be the first one
3: to do a show yeah. to do
1: it, you know, and Florida opened up and a bunch of artists went down there and did a couple shows. MGK was down there and a few other people yeah, in Jacksonville. in Jacksonville. And and now, you know, we're finally getting people, you know, Corn finally announced they're going to be doing a world tour and Metallica mm-hmm. came out and said, they're going to the festival. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of cool to see this start to open back up. I, I can't
3: yeah. wait for live music but you're telling me (laughs) dude. we had like the best year as a band in 2019, you know, 17 countries we took the band to and then COVID, you know, it's like, it it was just like, we were getting there and it was just taken away. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know when it's going to come back.
1: Well, you know, you guys still have a good following though. And I think things are on the, the up and up for you. This burn it down song is definitely a a big one, man. This one's going to hit hard, but uh, Marissa had a question for you. So. I'm gonna let her ask. I hopefully, have an answer. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No. no pressure.
2: Well, he kind of already said like there was no like one person, and now I'm like honestly shocked to hear that like you didn't weren't like always a singer. But I wanted to know who was your biz- your biggest uh, musical influence. My like, biggest
3: musical know. influence. Um, it's hard because I got into music so late. Right. I mean, I enjoyed listening to music. I loved, you know, what's funny. I hated Linkin Park growing up. That's so funny. It. That's hilarious. I hate, I, my mom would try to play it for me. and I was like, mom, turn this shit off. Like, I don't <laughs> want to hear this. And then now, like as an adult or as, you know, early on, I was able to really appreciate the songwriting and, and the, the way Chester was able to express emotions was top notch, top notch. Yeah. And like now, you know, I think I'm influenced by, you know, obviously Chester. I'm very influenced by Jonathan Davis. Uh Brent Smith from Shine Down is a huge influence. Um, but what the the band that got me into into heavy music was Norma Jean. And I think um Corey Brandon was the vocalist at the time and still is, I think, the vocalist of the band. And the way he was like the way his screams sounded so like just they sounded like they hurt, but they sounded so awesome. And yeah. It's, yeah. I think, I think I owe it to him uh, and Norma Jean to, to really get me into this style of music.
1: So have you been learning how to play instruments since you've gotten in the industry?
3: Um, I should, but I'm not like, I, I feel like I don't have the patience to sit there and learn how to play guitar. Even though we have a ton of guitars here, I can just pick it up at any time or like Andrew, show me our, one of our songs in guitar or, or bass or whatever. I just, I love writing and I love you know, doing some like programming and production. Cause I love making like weird noises and stuff with like keyboards. and stuff. I love that kind of stuff. Like a lot of synth I'm like more into than like actual guitar and bass. Um, but where I really thrive is like, I love doing like graphic design for the band.
1: Mm-hmm. So like I
3: design almost like everything that we put out.
1: Yeah. Well, visually. I can tell by your apartment, you're pretty good at doing yeah. the interior decorating <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: been great. Than, uh, I feel like I graphic Martha design.
1: Stewart over here, yeah. I, dude. I have to say though, like that is fucking impressive for you to have the ear to. Because I mean, people can sing. There's a lot of people yeah. that can sing. There's a lot of people that can be front people for a band. But to be able to sing and follow the music and understand where your ups and your downs go and. And all the shit that goes behind it, because there's so much more to just getting and being a front man. I mean, yeah, for you to have the fucking ear that naturally and be able to produce the stuff you've produced now. I mean, dude, the fucking sky's the limit for you, bro.
3: Thank you. It it, it sometimes I don't even really realize it. And I, you know, I always like to give credit where credit is due. Like I wouldn't be where I'm at without my band, without our producers. You know, they're they're very integral to it. But I love that, like I kind of just figured it out on my own. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't have a vocal coach. I didn't have someone telling me this or that. I just had to figure it out for myself. You did find, it the old like, school way, find right? my voice. You know, yeah.
1: That's just, dude. I'm so cr- fucking crazy. So I want to play yeah. another song for the fans, and sure. then we're gonna take a small break, okay? Because a- I got to get the sponsorships in, but I want to play this. So this song right here, guys. For all you highly irritable people, this song's definitely going to irritate the shit out of you in a good way because you're going to want to punch someone in the fucking throat. I
0: have the an name,
1: idea who it is. <laughs> this is one of my favorite songs. Um, I've listened to all their songs, obviously, but this one is is one of my favorites. And it it literally, like, I listened to it before I even got on the Zoom call with you. Yeah, and I was doing like backflips, like I was ready to fucking do my WWE. <laughs> Uh, wrestling debut so without further ado i want to welcome uh i want to for the fans of highly irritable in all highly irritable ways this song is called throat
0: My got you Scared of the inside, outside,
3: I love that song.
2: It like takes me back to like my emo days,
3: <laughs> right? Dude, the chorus, right?
1: It's it epic. Really does the drops in that song are some of the best I've ever heard?
3: That we got a really the story behind that song is actually really really cool. Um, well, wait, if can I remember. ask you a question? Sure. This, I I wanted to see if I could
1: hit this on the head. So, listening to the song, is this sort of like a fuck you to everybody who think? thought that you couldn't make it in the music industry because you'd never had a vocal coach or anything like that. And you guys have kind of just slammed your way into the scene.
3: Actually, I wanted to say you're wrong there. Oh, it's I okay. It's it. okay. Um, so basically what that song was about, it was one of the first songs written for breaking point. And we wrote it. We did half a breaking point with a producer called Zach Cervini. Um, He did the new bring me the horizon he did the new architects good charlotte like he was like um he's a he's an awesome producer Uh, and the other half we did with zach jones who's been with the band the entire time but that song i really wanted that song to be about like my personal battle with anxiety and depression okay i feel that many times you can get in your in like get in your own head and there's like all these different voices not like literal voices but like yes you know self-doubt and stuff like that that tells you that you can't win and that you should be better off dead or just not continuing on and quitting and stuff like that so in the verses is like waking up in the same hypocrisy sick of fighting this media it like it's walking you through the like the like this the symptoms of like anxiety being yeah. like so feeling you, like nothing's worth it
2: you battle imposter syndrome Like, on a real level.
3: Sometimes. Yeah. I mean, there was parts of the pandemic that I look back at, like, photos of me on stage. And, like, I couldn't, like, I was like, was that really me? And I know that sounds maybe a little dramatic. But, like, I've seen it talked about by other people in bands. And it's, like, you know, being away from it for so long, you kind of, like, it doesn't even feel like a real part of your life anymore. You know? Wow. That's But that song was about, yeah, that song was about, like, the... I'm sorry?
2: So it's about yourself, not how he's saying it's about like everybody else who doubted you. It's really just about your like internal struggle.
3: Internal struggle. Yeah. We do have a song about anyone who doubts us and it's called PSA. I listened to that one and I love that song. That song. (laughs) That's the fuck you song. Yeah. (laughs) That is the, that is the song like PSA public service announcement. Like we don't give a fuck who you think you are. You know, like, yeah, that's the, that's the big fuck you song. And like, that ended up being like one of the the most fun songs we've ever played live. Cause like we start the song off and the whole crowd's putting like their middle fingers in the air. And like, it's just, it's just a fun time. It's just like a really fun song live. That's rad. Do you
2: have a favorite song to perform?
3: Oh man. That's a good question. Broken home. Because I really, I like to play that song because it allows me to get like down to the level of the crowd. Mm. You know, we do a thing where we have, you know, for that song during the speech, we have a thing where we put, everyone puts their cell phone lights in the air. Oh, yeah. So front to back, left to right, the whole crowd's full of lights, and I'm, like, having them go left to right. And it's, like, it's such a powerful moment that we get to share with, like, the crowd. And that song, like, during the verses, like, I'm down on the barricade, like, in these people's faces. And, like, it's, it's like a moment that I can feel vulnerable with everyone in that room. What does that
1: feel like? when you have that many people watching you and you see them like listening to you, every, they're doing everything you tell them to do. Cause you basically maestro the whole crowd. Yep. What does that feel like? Like, God, I want that feeling. Like, like what does it feel human. like?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um, specifically in that song, it is very empowering because not in like an egotistical way, but after everything I've been through, the fact that I'm, on this stage performing that song in front of all these people. And they're like loving it means that I did the right thing by persevering.
0: Mm.
3: Like it's a Testament to show that I'm still here. Yes. And like, that is a very powerful and fulfilling like moment for me every time we play that song, because I mean, there's been a lot of times that I've wanted to like quit or give up and not just in music in general. Yeah. You know, like there's a lot of moments where it, it feels like it's like, it's just like, There's no end in sight. So, you know, every time we play that song or every time we step on stage, it's a real testament to the band and myself that I'm still here. I'm still having this opportunity to, like, perform for these for these people at the shows.
1: Does it so do you have to have like do you have moments when you have anxiety? Because like one of the things they do, like when anxiety hits you, because for me, it's like I I have certain feelings that I tend to recognize like, oh, fuck. I'm having an anxiety attack, but like they say, to recognize those things, that way you can sort of, kind of, at least know that this is why it's happening. Because normally, what will happen is I go into the, you know, mine's more health related, so Mm -hmm. it's like I go into the panic mode of like I'm gonna have a stroke and die. Take
0: me to the hospital. You know,
1: like (laughs) fuck, I don't want to feel this way anymore. I'd rather just fucking leave the planet. You know, like do 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 you go through that in
3: the same way? I definitely have moments where i can like anticipate a panic attack and they happen almost like every morning like i'll wake up and like immediately be in like a panic attack for no re- like i have no idea why uh, it happens or like when i get overwhelmed with like a really like important decision that has to like just for some reason always happen immediately like it just has to happen yeah at that moment in time like there's no de- like no available time for debate I always had that. And I always, I'm starting to notice like a trend of why I feel this way certain times. And I have an app on my phone that has been a real lifesaver. And I've had it for over three years now called simple habit. And it's an app where it's like, it's partly meditation. It's partly like fair, like therapeutical like advice and stuff like that. And you, you just basically listen to it and it charts times, dates, um, specific events of like oh today I'm having anxiety I'm going to listen to anxiety or I'm having um, procrastination issues I'll listen to this so it, it kind of like makes a graph to kind of like calculate how you're feeling when you're feeling why you're feeling and how many times you go back to listen to the same thing it's it's honestly been a real help that's cool that's
2: interesting yeah I didn't know they had an app like that it's kind of like you could almost go back and see it's like a little book of like how you were feeling on all these different days. yeah
3: do you think I look that- back at some of it. I'm like, holy shit, this was a tough month.
2: Yeah. <laughs> this is a right? bad month. Right.
3: Do, you, do you think that uh,
1: your anxiety, because I'm the same exact way. It's funny that you mentioned that because when when, when someone presents me with something like anything question wise, I have to like finish it like immediately in order yeah. to like get it off my plate, sort of like an OCD thing. So I'm like Which the I same way well. Yeah, I, I, I know I do. I haven't been clinically diagnosed, but Marissa knows like he's OCD. Like there's things I would
3: I love have to do to know what you're, uh, hold on. Actually, I would love to know yours, but let me tell you mine to yeah. see if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So when I was younger, I used to have a flip phone and every time I flipped the phone down, I convinced myself that I cracked the phone. So I had to flip the screen up to make sure I didn't crack it. And I put it <laughs> down. I'm like, oh, fuck, I cracked it. And I did it over and over again until I convinced myself I didn't crack it. The other one is, is locking of doors. So I have to lock my front door multiple times, pull the handle to where like I'm basically breaking it to, to convince myself the door is locked. And I have to do that in my front door, my bedroom door. It's like, it's almost like, insane at some times.
1: No, I, I agree. I do the same thing. Um, I did. And the funny thing is with the flip phone, I did the same thing for real. Like See? I, <laughs> it's like insane. Like dude, I would do it all day, like all yeah. day long. Like people would stand next to me, like, and they would say, dude, for real, are you, fuck, can you stop? Like, fuck, you're and making I all like, this no, noise. No, I can't. You yeah, just no, understand. I'm sorry.
3: Like, like for, it's just, I have to like
1: the other thing that I do is like right now is my wedding ring. like, yeah. I I take it on and off with the same finger. Like uh over and over and over again. And Marissa drives her nuts cuz I've broken like how many wedding rings?
2: I think you're on your third or fourth
1: one. <laughs> oh my <laughs> goodness. <laughs> yeah. 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 So and like, it's definitely. Now imagine if she broke three or four wedding rings.
0: No hoo, 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 hoo.
2: Yeah. Our rings yeah.
1: are different. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. She, I he would have to have like I don't know how many rings. Yeah, you be you. To my she's
1: team. got a security guard next to hers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. No. It,
2: He's so, like, "Why aren't you wearing your ring?" And I was like, uh, "That's like the most priceless thing I own. I'm not going to wear yeah, it. I can't right. be locked up."
3: Yeah. It's got like a shrine, like a glass yeah, box around it. Right. <laughs> it's
2: got like a padlock on it. <laughs> it.
3: Well, uh, let's take a quick break
1: and then we'll come back and we got a game show. Are you ready for that? Poo poo. I'm ready for it. <laughs> All right. Let's go. We'll be right back. I just want to take some time to thank my sponsor, Anchor. Um, if you haven't heard of them, um, they are the easiest way to make a podcast. And let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, and Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and basically any other platform. Um, You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Um, It's what I use, so if you haven't yet... Go and download the Anchor app on your phone or just go to anchor.fm. Welcome back from commercial, ladies and gentlemen, and all my highly irritable fans. We love you so much. Uh, we still are here with the lovely Tyler Levinson. He's staying on the show with us today in highly irritable fashion. Right, babe? Yeah. We've had some fun so far. So I guess continuing down the path that we've been on, would you say it's been incredibly hard dealing with... Well, it's it has to be. I think you've already mentioned that throughout the show, but like the reality for musicians is not really reality. Like whenever I go to a show and go backstage, like I get food catering. Um, I go places. The fans can't go. Um, you know, like people are asking me, would you like some water? And if you get like side stage, you have people that are constantly asking you if you need something like, yeah. Do you think that the adjustment that you had to go through, because you, like you said, you were on tour when it happened and you guys, even though you're not the headliners, you're still being treated this way. Like they're yeah. still treating you as the, they, 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 they put them on the artist, you know? Um, do you think like how big of a, an awakening was that coming back to real life where it's like this sense of like immortality is gone. Right.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean, luckily for me in between tours, I have like a job, like I'll go to work and I'll work in a rest. Like, so, for all of our touring in 2019, in between tours, I I had a serving job where, like, no one knew I was in a band. Oh, You know okay. what I mean? Oh, so, like, wow. no, I would just go there, and I'd work, and then I would leave. Well, look, I had to let management know, obviously, because they needed to, like, approve my time and stuff. But I would just go to work, and then I'd be gone for a couple of weeks, and then come back and stuff like that. And, you know, it... It 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 was interesting. I will say because there would be times where like we'd be on a tour, like specifically the tour with Ice Nine Kills, like those were huge shows, right? And then you know the last show of the tour sold out, and then four days later I was back at work asking someone if they would like you know a diet coke or like a soda, you know. Uh-huh. So it's like it was a very cool dynamic, which I'm thankful for because it has definitely kept me grounded as a musician. So I feel like you know, if, if you don't have any sense of reality, you're just gonna think you're fucking D. Snyder 24 seven. You know what I mean? It's like, Boy, yeah, I mean, it, but it most goes, of
1: them do true. though. Most of them do have no sense of reality. Like, yeah, they're. Not, I mean, they're one of the most catered to entertainers. So like, so my, do you have, Because I have an internal struggle, right? Because I'm the same thing as you. Like, I have a day job. I'm a blue collar guy. Like every day, I go to work. And then I do this, which is a whole nother world. Yeah. Do you have like that internal struggle like that I have where, you know, you go to work and you're just like, dude, what am I doing? Like a hundred
3: percent.
0: Fuck. It literally I, happened. Like,
3: I, I know when we were trying to sk- schedule this, I was like, yeah, I just got this new job and this and that. And I have to figure out my schedule. There'll be times at work when I'm like, f- like, I don't have to do this. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, dude, like, like I'd be like, it's a, a customer. I mean, luckily, I work in like a really, really nice restaurant right now. But before, like, there be customers that would like, you know, not tip correctly or stiff you all together. I'm just, I'm like, you know, fuck this. Yeah. Like on stage, I'm somebody here. I'm asking you if you want, you know, fucking French fries.
1: You well, know? not it's ju- like not just that though. Like, think of like this. T- like, you you wrote a song. That got two million streams on Spotify, and that's only Spotify. Like, that's not right. even that, iTunes or anything
3: else. So, you wrote
1: a song that has two million streams. You've that song ri-
3: also went number one three times on Sirius XM Octane.
1: Yeah. So, you have <laughs> like, dude, it's, it's, and, it's, and then it's you're like, Do you want
2: fries with that?
1: No, like, that's not. Yeah, no, yeah. The, the 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 conflict I have is that like with the people that are managers above me. And I know don't take this wrong guys cuz I know they're going to listen to this and go Adam's a dick, but what my internal struggle is like dude, I'm so much fucking smarter than this. Like what am I doing? Yeah. Like why am I allowing myself to be a part of this when I have this whole other thing that I'm so smart at, right? Like like you've got to go through that struggle on a daily basis.
3: Yeah. And, you know, with, with me, I work like on top of doing band stuff, I work like 55 hours a week at my, at my restaurant. So it's like, you know, I I deal with it every day where I, you know, I'd rather be on tour or I'd rather be connecting with fans online, but instead, you know, I do have to survive in the Mm -hmm. real world and pay my bills. And don't get me wrong. The band makes money and the band is, you know, almost sustainable, But there's also a sense where of like if I don't put that work ethic in, I'm going to lose my work ethic, right? You know, going to work every day and having to work for something, it's 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 beneficial to me, at at least to me. Like I love coming home with you know x amount of money, knowing that I worked for that. It gives you something to talk about too, right? Yeah, Yeah. I mean, reality work. I you know, no one knows I'm in a band. Yeah, it's it's cool. (laughs) You know, like in like, you know, obviously, like, I'll shoot the shit with some tables. um And then, you know, I'll let it slip that, you know, oh, yeah, I'm actually in a band. And they're like, oh, my God, what band is it? And then I tell them. And they're like, holy fuck, you're verified. I'm like, to me, it's like, <laughs> that is the best thing. yeah. Like, because at work, like, they don't know. They don't know any. They don't know anything. So, like, you know, I've, I've made a few friends at my job. And, like, I'll be like, oh, let me follow you on Instagram. And they'll be like, yo, what the fuck? What is this? Right and i'll be like oh yeah i'm actually oh, in a yeah. band yeah <laughs> and they're like what what do you mean just a bit you know so it's like yeah. it's 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 always super cool to see that reaction and like uh, i just got back <laughs> from europe and you know <laughs> 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 they'll they'll like go through the instagram they'll scroll through they'll listen to something like, oh my god you know however many month listeners or streams and then it, to me it's like I, you know it's my that's my life obviously i get it but to them they're they're fucking they feel like they're talking to michael jackson right Or, or well, whatever. you know it's like it's so it's so cool to see that innocence still being very very real to it, people it just goes to show you though like how
1: incredibly hard it is in the music industry and for you to get to where you're at mm-hmm. how yeah. naturally talented you have to be
2: once you tell them though are they like can you sing something for me like
3: yeah they always ask Oh Have you yeah, seen something, yeah. and I was like, "Well, do you really want me to?" It's because I was scared about the people. Yeah,
1: no, you know so what like, I get? I get all the time. People are like, "Dude, you did stand up," and I'm like, "Yeah, I did it for like six years." They're like, "Oh, we Who's just your found comedian? out." <laughs> no, they say, "Dude, tell me a joke." Tell me a <laughs> joke. Like. Dude, it's not that way though. Like, you, yeah. you know, do you want me to like do a setup for you for like forty-five minutes or what? <laughs> like, all my stuff's yeah, written I'll, down. I'll just, like, like, bring out the microphone. For
2: yeah. the you're like the uh, the fish from Finding Nemo. Yeah, like, tell me a you're joke, man. To be funny.
3: Tell me a joke. Tell me a joke. Yeah, <laughs> like like you I would got never super do that. Into stand up. Did you? Um, when I was living in California, well, I mean, I've always been into it. But when I was living in California, I was obviously able to frequent the comedy club. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I'm sorry. The comedy store. I worked there. Um, <laughs> Really, I did a long time ago. I love that place. I saw Joe Rogan there. I saw Bobby Lee there. Um, one of my favorite comedians, you know, he did have a lot of bad shit happen to him, or he did a lot of bad shit. Chris D'Elia, I loved him. Mm, very, very funny very person. Funny. Now I, you know, I have to hate him.
1: Right. Well, like,
3: I just can't support that.
1: That is the uh, the common thing with comedians, though, is that there's much much darker things at bay. Oh, for sure. (laughs) They're they're the most depressed bunch. I mean, because you literally are told and taught to not talk about the good things in your life. You're told to talk about the shitty things. So, like, you constantly are writing jokes about the shitty things. And I still do it to this day. Like, I can't get away from, like, finding the irritating part about something because I'm looking for it to make a joke. So instead of enjoying, like, the moment... I'm looking somewhere.
3: How can I make this a
1: joke? Yeah, I'm trying. How is this funny? My sick fucking mind is like thinking like, oh, I remember that while I was being served this dinner, I saw somebody pick their fucking nose and I have to go into a full joke of how annoying it is and how irresponsible it is to pick your
3: nose at the dinner table at a restaurant. (laughs) (laughs) Trust me, I see it all the time serving tables. Like, uh, (laughs) I see some (laughs) really ridiculous shit. (laughs) Like, it is... <laughs> the restaurant I work at is like an upper scale like Italian restaurant, so like the, oh, yeah. the clientele is definitely You get the best. You know. I served Rudy Giuliani the other day. No way. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like it was just weird. Like, That's fucking crazy. I wanted to in my head be like, so you're seeing in Borat. Tell me a little more about that. <laughs> I would have lost my job, but uh yeah. you
0: know what I mean? like,
3: you know, like, I was thinking it. I was thinking it. Oh, but, that's um, fucking great. I, would like, at first, we were like, no, there's no way this is him. There's no way. And then, like, we kept thinking about him. we're like, this is definitely him. Yeah. For sure, you know.
1: It's hard so, to, like,
3: mistake that guy. Like, definitely. there's very few 100%. people that look like him. And it was, I mean, it was cool. Like, I was like, you know what, this doesn't happen every day. This wouldn't have happened at my other job. Yeah. Now, if I could serve, like... Like, back to, like, the, the comedy thing. Like, some of my favorite comedians growing up. Like, I love Ronnie Dangerfield. Oh, yeah, dude. He the is, greatest. Caddyshack is still forever one of my favorite films. I'm so glad you said that. Oh. God, God I love like that the movie. all-star cast. Yeah. Like, Chevy Chase, Bill Murray, Ronnie Danger. Like, the cast. Like, it's funny because it was filmed in Florida. Right. Yeah. It was filmed in South Florida. And, like, I don't know. That movie, it just... I grew up on it and loved it. Like, I did too. Yeah, I gotta, I'm gonna watch that tonight. <laughs> I did too. Yeah. No,
1: we we Marissa and I love comedies and we love horror, so that's like what we're into. Yeah.
2: Total opposites,
1: but they're both our favorite. But yeah, we we oh my god, Caddyshack. Even Bill Murray's brother was in that movie. Like, and a lot it of people had don't it know that.
3: All star cast.
1: It was crazy.
3: So like all the national lampoon movies with Chevy
1: Chase too were awesome. Like epic. Epic, and he was. It sucks because he
3: just dropped off the map. It was done. I mean, a lot like a lot, a lot of actors that I love that happened to like uh, Brendan Fraser. My favorite movie of all yeah. time is The Mummy. Mm. With Brendan Fraser, and after that, like I know he did like Monkey Bone and like a few other movies, but like he just he just
1: disappeared. Yeah, he did. I mean, the, what was the movie he did with Joe? Pe- was it Joe Pesci or was it a? Uh... Yeah, it was Joe Pesci. He did the movie um, where the guy steals his his thesis and he has to get it back, and he's a homeless guy, so he's bringing him food for a page and all that stuff. Do you remember that movie?
3: The only movies that I know he was in was the the Mummy series and Monkey Bone. I don't know anything else about any of those in the movies, like. I, did, I thought that might have been only the only two movies he's actually been in. You got to Google. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll message you that, that movie because
1: you'll love that. It's a great movie. And it's with Joe Pesci's and it's a, it's an, it's like an, uh, ultra cult, cult classic movie. But so what are in, what's in the future for afterlife? Are you guys, are you guys planning a tour here coming
3: up? Um, we're definitely in the talks of some things. Um, I know there are some festivals that we are looking to be a part of in the fall. Um, and definitely some touring in the fall. We do have a tour already booked for May of 2022. Um, so we will be returning overseas at Good. that time, which would be awesome Yeah, because we've noticed our fan base grow a little more over there during the the time off. But yeah, we, we really cannot wait to get back on the road. It's, I think it's given us time to really hone in our sound since, I mean, we've been like rehearsing and stuff like as if things were normal, just so we're ready by the time we go back. Cause know, a year and a half off without screaming or singing or rapping. Like, you know, you yeah. will lose that muscle memory. You will lose that ability to do that as good as you were post or like pre COVID. So I've been definitely maintaining as much as I can.
1: Pot, yeah, I mean, and you got to keep training the brain too uh, yeah. to that effect and, you know, moving in that direction.
3: I need to figure out a new stage banter. I don't want to get up here and say, hey, let's talk about coronavirus. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I, I, I want to, I don't even want, I feel like it's going to be very important that bands do not address that at shows. Yeah. No one wants to go to a show and fucking hear. So yeah, COVID's done. Yeah, we get it. That's why we're here, right? Let's get to talk singing. about it.
1: You know, yeah. Let's not get politics or anything brought into it. Let's just get back to the fucking music, man.
3: That That's first what show back for me, uh, it could be five people, it could be ten people, mm. five thousand people. It's going to most. It's going to be one of the most cathartic experiences. I'm even if I fuck up. Oh, I missed the note or my voice cracked. I literally do not care because I'm going to give that first show back everything.
1: Yeah, I have. That's I the, you know what? I've been thinking about that a lot lately and I'm like, you know, any of the bands I if I get any bands that are first showing here, I'm definitely going to those shows no matter what, even if I don't know who they are because I guarantee you that the performances for every band in their first show is going to be epic. Insane. Yeah. Epic. It's going to be the
3: most energy those bands have probably ever put out in a show.
1: Probably. I mean, to be able to get back in front of, like I said, to take away a, a, a reality of, of your life and completely yeah. stuff it into a chest. And it's almost like you see the lid of the chest moving because you're like, dude, like there, it's still there.
3: It's almost you know? out. We're almost there. <laughs> like, let us as like, like, we're like just at the cusp of live music returning. Right. And, you know, Even if we're not a part of these festivals coming up, I'm going to go. Yes. I'm going to see my favorite bands. I don't even care about being side stage or on stage. I'm going to be in the crowd with the people getting fucking kicked, punched. I'm going to enjoy it any way possible. 100%. I will pay $18 for a beer. I yep. do not care.
1: <laughs> I, you know, like, dude for real like i'm the same i will enjoy sitting on the lawn seats where i can't even see the band just listening yeah, to the music and knowing yeah, that it's there it. yeah so I you can't got wait so you got a uh, you got time for a game show man i do dude all right Did you say game well, what do i have to say no yeah
2: nah, of course go. i got time
1: yeah here we go man so hey listen we are gonna do a game show I gotta get my game show ready, here we go We are doing, so So just so you know We are doing a uh, We are doing a Price is Right theme Ladies and gentlemen And uh, Obviously our two contestants are gonna be The lovely Marissa Jane And Tyler Levinson And I will be your host of the show Your Bob Barker, whoever you'd like me to be And uh, We'll have our corny ass shit going on And all that good stuff so let's get into the uh, let's get into the game
3: show tactics, ladies and gentlemen. What is the uh, the thing Bob Barker used to say? Uh, remember to always get your pets sprayed and neutered. <laughs>
0: like that, man, that man had
3: a that man had a mission to make sure. Yeah, that was happening.
0: Oh my god!
3: I think he said it for like thirty years or something. He's like, oh remember, remember to get your pets spayed and neutered. Was big ass microphone.
1: Oh my god. I got to get my sound effects board up here. Let's go. It's been a while, Marissa. Are you ready? Are you sure?
2: Oh, I've been waiting for this.
1: And and listen to what I got. You ready for this?
2: Coronavirus! Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: Coronavirus! Oh, yeah. She's back and with a vengeance.
2: Yeah, she is.
1: You okay. You can the
2: show too long.
1: Where was, uh, let's see, what are we doing? We gotta do theme A, right? Yeah. Because I have yeah, to do my good. disgusting pathetic uh porno voice. Are you yes. ready? <laughs> I'm ready. Okay, let's get into the game show. <laughs> Welcome to the game show. Oh Welcome to the game show that has no end or beginning. Oh <laughs> It's perpetual. <laughs> it's perpetual motion and completely a waste of time. But we are going to do it.
2: Because it brings me joy.
1: I don't know if you guys are ready for these items that I've picked, but I have the greatest, I swear to God, the greatest, like, way, the greatest descriptions ever of these items.
2: You're scaring
1: me. Okay, so item number one. You guys ready? Yes. Ready. Okay. Can you guess the price of the adjustable portable, sorry, here we go, retake, adjustable portable robo-fuck sex machine by the number one best sex machines? And here's the description. (laughs) The robo-fuck adjustable portable sex machine is not just your usual sex toy. Put aside your little vibrators and dildos and make way for the fuck king This sex machine is for adults who are ready to really experience what the most intense (laughs) orgasms are all about. Play along, play alone or with a partner made for man or woman. This sex machine deserves a special place among your sex toys. Sure, we can have all the fun with dildos, vibrators and all your other sex toys all day, but nothing compares to the orgasmic power. Of a sex machine that is ready to deliver the hardest orgasm on demand. Wow. My God.
2: Can they really say that? Like, I feel like, I mean, there has to be some science backing that.
3: Listen, this is daytime. Someone's got a PhD in that description
1: for sure. This is daytime television, guys.
2: No. No. (laughs) <laughs> this
1: is that 3 a.m. commercial. You, you, know you wake yeah. up and it's loud as shit in the middle of the night. And there's some like redhead in a bougie outfit saying, it's just like, have fun. Yeah.
2: Adam and Eve only.com. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
3: Some poor bastards like, why did I marry my wife?
2: We apologize if you're driving to work at 6 a.m. right now.
3: <laughs> you got to listen to this.
1: All right. Are you ready? Yes. Is the price $400, $3.95, or six twenty-one.
2: Um, can I have the dimensions of the product, please?
1: The dimensions I don't have those.
2: I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I need I was to know like, the really? size of this device. <laughs> I need to know how big this thing is. You got
1: is. me on that one. I was like, yeah, uh forty-six inches? I don't know. Like
3: it's <laughs> fuck. The
2: shipping it's weight's killer. ten pounds.
3: <laughs> the size of a small elephant. <laughs>
2: Can I get the prices again, please?
1: I will list the prices again. Are you ready? Yes. $400, 395, or
2: $621. Hmm. Where's my doo doo-doo doo?
1: Oh, I gotta yep, I'm yeah. sorry. Okay, I messed doo-doo. up. Here we go.
2: It's been a while. I
0: love this sound. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. The lights come down. Right? Do-do-do-do-do. Doo. <laughs> are you going to get a
1: boo or are you going to get an applause?
2: God, if I get a boo, I'm going to cry. And I feel like you went and you like started with the hardest question that there could have been.
1: Oh, no. It gets better. Oh, that's I have not even begun for the two of you.
2: You know, I'm going to write off 400. I don't think it's going to... Going to be 400. It's not, I'm like, is it going to be 395? That's a lot for a sex toy. 621 is even more, though. So I'm going to go with 395. But if this thing's like ginormous, if it's like a life size, like fuckable machine, I mean, I need the dimensions, but I'm going to go with 395.
3: Okay. Tyler? I'm going to go with 400 because I feel like 600 plus is it's quite a lot. So we have 400. Is that your final answer?
1: That is my final answer. And is $3.95 your final answer? Yes. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Tyler's wrong. What? You're supposed I to per- get her. The actual price is three ninety five.
2: I know my sex toys, people. Holy shit, you Jeez. freak.
3: Beaten by
1: $5. Okay. Seven so dollars
2: I not know just I actually cheated because I have one of these. Uh, The dimensions are a 5 by 12, and (laughs) it's in my nightstand. 5
0: by 12?
2: (laughs) Yeah, she's
1: got one. She's got one hiding from me somewhere.
2: Yes, it's behind both of our pillows. That's how long this fucking thing is.
1: It's the robo fuck Adam. That's what it's called. (laughs) Okay, Okay, so Marissa gets a point.
2: Thank you, thank you.
1: So so far, okay. And just so you know, Tyler, you can guess the same answer. So now that okay. we are aware of that, I okay. did not know that. I, was, I okay, that might have could have helped. Okay, so <laughs> we're okay. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna scratch that one off.
2: What? No, did no, no give her the take point. My fucking it's fine. Point, Tyler. God damn you! <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's all a part of my plan. You game show warrior. Time. I told you guys she's a freak. Here we go for the next question. Are you guys ready? Yes. We're ready. Can you guess the price of this miscellaneous sex toy? The Booty Baiter. Extra, extra large doggy style. This one actually has dimensions, but it doesn't have a description, so I will give it one. You can bang the shit out of this rubber thing doggy style anytime you want, anywhere you want, any place you want.
2: Wait, if it's doggy style, it's banging you. You're not banging it.
1: No, it's the toys booty baiter.
3: <laughs> the booty baiter. The booty baiter. The big silicone ass. It's a <laughs> Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, it's a big silicone
1: ass.
2: This is for men. Okay.
1: How do you know it's for men?
2: I thought it was for me.
1: <laughs> Don't be misogynistic on this show. Do you understand?
2: Okay, because me putting a strap on and banging the Booty Banger Five Thousand is going to do me any justice?
1: Maybe it does. I don't know. People <laughs> are into weird shit.
2: Okay. okay. Are you guys ready I for see the prices? What it is now I see.
1: Did you? I like the harp though. Like that was like so good. Yes. For every every yeah. <laughs> Angels fly from the bottom. <laughs> the Booty
3: Banger.
1: Are you guys ready? Yes. Ready. Is the price? or $423. Tyler, you get to go first. I'm going to go with $423. Is that your final answer?
3: That is my final answer. Okay, Marissa?
2: You know, I was thinking about that, but... I think I'm going to go with 352. Because it's just a silicone ass.
1: <laughs> 352. And I just lost my board sequence. It's okay. Oh, no. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you guys are both wrong.
0: <gasps> no. You
1: guys are both wrong, and you get the Cardi B. Oh.
2: <laughs> Darn it! Should and I was going to say three seventy-eight
1: too. Darn. The actual retail price, ladies and gentlemen, three hundred and seventy-eight dollars.
3: That's a lot of money. I
1: it actually is. picked sex toys that were a thousand and over, and anywhere in between. Or, or it was three hundred and over. Three hundred and over. yeah. Okay. So these are going to get relatively pricey, and they are. These they are, are like.
2: For the extreme lonely person.
1: The, yeah, this is like, you know, Well, think it's a booty baiter. And I think about it.
2: if you own one. I'm not trying to call you lonely, you know, to each their own. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no comment there. That was just... Yeah. Sorry, all of our
1: lonely fans that we just lost.
2: Not only fans, lonely fans.
1: Right. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Good one, babe. Yeah, thank
2: you. thank you.
1: Are you guys ready for the next one?
0: Yes.
3: Bring it on. Here we go.
1: Well, guys, number three on the list is our Motor Bunny Sex Machine in black. Own the dream, live the dream, and ride the dream. This classic tried and true straddle design now turns it up to 11. You'll never leave the house when you have your own Motor Bunny Sex Machine, as seen in hundreds of adult movies. This is the classic, tried, and true, right-on-top design that gives you the power, the angles, and the stimulation that your adventurous sex life demands. Mm. So hop on it. Motor Bunny is the most advanced and versatile power vibe
3: in the world.
2: Just to be clear, I didn't leave my house before buying this thing.
3: (laughs) Perfect for a pandemic relief. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Use your stimulus on this item. This is literally the pandemic sex list. Yes. Oh, my God. Are you guys ready? Never leave
2: your house again. Is
1: the price $999,
3: $1,223, or $1,394? Wait, as in like $9.99 or $999?
1: $999. Yeah, this is over a thousand. Jeez, what the fuck does this thing look like, dude? It's insane. Thousand dollars. <laughs> it's, like it's insane, and we haven't even gotten to the good ones yet.
2: Well, they just said that they use it in professional movie, like adult movies. Yes. So I'm gonna say um, this thing's got great quality. Great quality.
1: <laughs> okay. So Marissa. Yes. <laughs> Is it 999, 1223 or 1394?
2: I think I'm going to go with 1394.
1: Is that your final answer? Yeah. Okay, Tyler, I'm moving to you. Is
3: it I'm go Go ahead. I was going to
1: do uh 1223. 1223.
3: Ladies and gentlemen,
1: Ladies and gentlemen! Oh, God damn it! For God's sakes! God
2: damn it! Government! <laughs> oh, we both
3: 99. got it wrong. Damn, we are terrible
1: at this game. <laughs> wow! It I is nine hundred and ninety-nine dollars. So you got ripped off on the one you bought, Marissa?
2: Yeah, what the fuck? Mine was fourteen hundred dollars.
1: Jeez, me Christmas. So we'll go over the score real quick. With three questions down, we have Marissa up one to nothing on Mr. Levinson. We are moving on to our fourth question. Are you, are you ready? Yes. Here I we go. Do some stretches.
2: I need to put up another point.
1: You're not going to want to leave the house a this in your living room. The male prostitute massager vibrating anal sex toy with three speeds rotating plus ten speeds. Jesus Christ. God,
2: damn. The,
1: <laughs> I, can I get an oxygen tank for the description? <laughs> God damn. <laughs> they focus on every detail on this one. With its ergonomic shape, powerful, and gentle vibration, quiet motor, we do our best to create an excellent vibrator. So.
2: So it's a vibrator for your butt.
1: This is a prostate massager. Woo. Okay. It says male prostate massager. Oh. So apparently females can't use this in your rectum because it says men only. Well
2: what's the difference between your ass and
1: mine? I don't know. Maybe I got something different in there. That's not fair. So for all you guys out there wanting to milk the prostate, (laughs) is the price is the price (laughs) forty nine dollars and ninety nine cents? Thirty two dollars and ninety nine cents. Or $47.99? I had to switch it up. Tyler, I'll go to you first. You doing $47.99. That is my final answer. Forty seven
2: ninety
1: is it, Marissa Jane?
2: Shut up. Give me a minute.
1: Oh, man. She's really going to think about this. We're going to have to put the timer on her, Tyler. She likes to cheat.
2: Three speeds and then it whops up to 10 speeds. <laughs>
1: With three speeds rotating plus 10 speeds, which I don't, you what know, I'm not in the sex mean? world, so I don't know what that means. So it clearly has a uh, mountain biking. Options, Options, yeah.
2: Yes. If you're a porn star, please reach out to us. Yeah, send us an email.
1: Send us an email. I just want to <laughs> know if it's <laughs> send self-cleaning. A customer review.
0: <laughs> That's what, what we should
3: have read on the show is the
0: reviews. Oh, my. That god. would
3: have been great. That would that's a great new segment. you should do, yeah. <laughs> reviews of like sex toys. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I know what I'm doing after the show's over. Just for fun. Um, I'm gonna go with god damn forty nine ninety nine. Please don't boo me.
1: Ladies and gentlemen,
2: I mean something that has like thirteen speeds.
1: One of you has gotten it right. Marissa Jane, damn it! God damn it! Damn it! Yay! <laughs> we gotta get someone to take her down.
3: Yeah, we got to. I'm I'm just getting my ass kicked over here.
2: If you think you can beat me, call into the show.
1: You were off by two dollars and five on your two wrong answers. Literally. I'm so close. I'm okay. Close. So what we're gonna do. I was gonna you know, well, here the last one number five was the Pogo fucking stick, which you know wait,
2: wait, I wanna hear this one.
1: I need to explain this over the air what this was. a chick laying on the bed with her feet on a Pogo stick and a dildo on the other end of the Pogo stick. So she stood up and while she's Pogo sticking, oh my, it's it's, it's it's
3: by sticking the dildo in her cooter. that i always like who the fuck thinks 69.99 sits there and says you know what let's take this childhood toy oh my god and just just fucking destroy it
1: (laughs) dude well not to mention just that but like that means that somebody was at home yeah and they were like
2: you know what this pogo stick couldn't use (laughs) a dildo right how
1: can i make this more efficient right they literally had the idea and, and they're like, "You know what? We should mass sell this."
3: They got the patent, they got the sales history, they're just like, "Let's just do it." Imagine anything is possible. Imagine Go Shark Tank. Imagine imagine the
1: engineer that goes to his neighbor and says, "Dude, I just came up with the fucking greatest idea ever. I'm going to stick a dildo on my son's pogo
3: stick and I'm going to sell it." <laughs> like the neighbor's, the neighbor's like, like uh i thought you were gonna cure cancer he's like nah, nah. yeah what the I fuck, fuck the are you into
2: i'm gonna click uh clear loneliness so That's here what here's
1: what we're gonna do for the game show
2: okay wait do we have a price on the item though Because yes I was it was
1: 175 dollars
2: wow i was way off yeah wouldn't pay more than 70 bucks so
1: i'm trying to get we're, it used here's we're gonna do a win all On this last one. This is the showcase, ladies and gentlemen. We're moving to the showcase. And believe it or not, we're going to go straight to like family ties with the showcase. (laughs) So we've been doing sex toys the whole time. Here we go. Tyler and Marissa for the game show. You need to guess a number between 6,000 and 10,000. What the cost of a first class flight to the Emirat- using Emirates to Dubai?
2: Wait. This you know what's funny? Flight?
3: I've actually looked this up before.
1: So the oh, closest one without going over will win the show outright.
2: Okay, can you say that again?
1: What would it cost to fly from LAX to Dubai using Emirati's first class? The price is in between $6,000 and $10,000 for a one way ticket. For
2: one person. One person. One person, one way
1: ticket. Yes. And I have
3: written down the answer. My hands are here, so there's no cheating, no Google no google
2: and he already knows the fucking answer
3: i don't know the answer but i definitely did look this up at one point
2: (laughs) for what
3: he's a musician he travels well no i watched this documentary and they were like it was a guy he was on youtube and he does like all these really cool travel stuff i've seen this one i've seen the one does expensive shit and travels around his name's like samuel i think yeah and yeah that's how it is that's how he takes a
1: flight on emiratis and it's like the baddest flight ever there's like three in flight meals and it's all first class it's beautiful so you have to guess between six thousand and ten thousand
2: okay deep thought okay eight thousand six hundred and ninety dollars
3: Oh my gosh! I was gonna—I was guessing eighty-four hundred.
2: Ooh. Okay, so I might have a chance.
3: And you, You and and what did
1: you guess, Tyler? Eighty-four.
2: You don't want to get specific.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, for the first time in highly irritable history, we have a new fucking winner. Woo! We got to celebrate that one. I don't even know what to press right now. <laughs> there we go. Everything. All the balls. <laughs> Finally. Well, you know what? It's been a lot of fun doing that game show with the two of yous. I got to tell you.
2: Oh, hell no. You're giving me the answer.
1: The actual price is $7,313.98. Wow, so
2: I was over.
1: You were way over. Yeah, both of you.
2: Interesting.
1: I thought it was a lot more, to be honest. I thought the guy said fourteen grand,
3: but I think
1: well, that's think about it. round trip.
3: Round trip, yeah. One way is that much, like round trip, yeah, fourteen. Yeah, yeah. So, dude, that was it's epic. Cool. You guys did great. Proud of both of you. I'm, I'm surprised at her sex toy knowledge, because I you. I don't know anything <laughs> about that shit. Well, it really just like kind of shows the highly irritable fans that we're
1: fucking weirdos.
3: So, Thank you.
2: I'm gonna take my
3: bow. Yeah, cuz I'd imagine <laughs> if someone definitely someone listening is probably like, "Wait, I have one of these things."
2: Right. <laughs> Let me pull in my
3: receipt. Yeah. So Tyler, you got any plugs you want to throw out there right now? Um shout out to my man Daniel Watson at Topo Chico. If you've never had Topo Chico, you should definitely had it or have it. It's an amazing mineral water. I love it. Um I don't know. I got put on the spot there real quick. I don't yeah. Know. I was just, I, I love to Chico. So I'm always going to represent those guys. Yeah. 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 No, it's, it's okay. Uh,
1: He's yeah. still
2: thinking about the sex toys.
3: I'm get, yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I threw I'm, him I'm off. I'm just goobered. The
1: best way to do it is to throw your guest off with like weird shit and then hit him with some other weird shit.
3: What is, I can't imagine what's next. Yeah. So, uh, boom. It's
1: like, all
0: right.
1: I no <laughs> well, no man. Hey, seriously though, Tyler, I want to say thank you for coming on the show Um, we're going to definitely do this again. I, I hope that you come back on the show because, um, you're definitely a big advocate for depression and anxiety. And, uh, my show kind of wraps around this, our show, sorry, wraps around that along with having a lot of fun. Um, but I wanted to say thank you from the bottom of my heart, man. I'm super glad that you did this with us and, uh, hopefully we get to do
3: it again. I would literally love that. You know, like, like I said before, I, I just love shooting the shit. I love talking. I love getting to kind of be normal.
1: Yeah. hundred you know, percent.
3: Cause you know, there's a, there's a lot of stuff that, you know, I kind of have to have a specific face about, but like this, this stuff like this is like, I, it allows me to be just normal myself and like just natural. And so it's, it's, it's an I should be thanking you for letting me do it. <laughs> you know I mean like I, No, you know, I I was looking I forward this to
1: this for a long time though. I I, I literally I, you know, Marissa knows, babe, right? How much do I love musicians?
2: Oh. It it's his favorite person or type of person to interview. Literally. Me.
1: And and you and I have, you know, our, our our we have a lot of similarities in our background. So I, I definitely was enjo- I enjoyed the shit out of this. It was fun. So I'm going to give you all I didn't kinds even of plugs. It was two hours. Yeah. It it, it goes by quick. It happens every yeah. time. we 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 were like we've said we we do this thing every time, and I know I'm gonna veer off here for a second, but we're like, okay, we gotta find a way to dial it down to 30 minutes so we can do our hour and 20 minute show like we always do, but it never fucking happens. Every <laughs> time we get totally you know, engulfed in the conversation with the person we're talking to, because, you know, it's interesting and we want to know. Yeah. And I, and I don't care how long it goes. I still post it and I leave it unedited. So this is the way it's going to go up exactly the way we're putting it down. So, I mean, it's like, you know, we're trying to spread awareness and also get the coolest people in the world, a, a voice to the people that we are broadcasting to. So we yeah. appreciate you very much. And uh, if you guys get a chance, you can follow him at uh, at Tyler Levinson on Instagram right that's the handle uh,
3: Tyler underscore Levinson that's right Basically. at Tyler
1: underscore Levinson on Instagram he's got Twitter Give them um, your Twitter handle and YouTube as well because I know you have a couple uh, platforms
3: um, my Instagram is Tyler underscore Levinson uh, my Twitter is just at Tyler Levinson. Um, and I don't have a personal YouTube, unfortunately.
1: Okay. So the band afterlife has one, but what I'm going to do is post that stuff on the show notes for the fans. So you guys can go in and check out afterlife's website and you'll be able to click on Tyler Levinson's pages and see where he's at. I'll have all them up as hyperlinks. Um, and with that said, Tyler, it's been fucking real, man. For real. Thank you. Of course. Thank you guys.
3: Like seriously, like, Thank you. It's is like what I love to do. Like you know what? When We're- you said like when I, when I when I hit you up and I was like, dude, I love it. We'd we'll love to be a guest, and you're like, yo, let's do it. I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> I was like, let's do it.
1: I was pumped about it, man. any musician that wants to come on my show, man, they're welcome with open arms. Don't give a fuck if you have two people listening to you or fifty thousand. It's the same. Musicians are all rad, and I want to talk to every single one of them. And he is gone. Well, you got your ass kicked in a game show by the lead singer of Afterlife.
2: I don't want to talk about it.
1: I feel like you have a story to tell for the rest of your life.
2: I mean, it's a good one, um, but I'm definitely not proud of it. And I I don't consider that a loss only because I still got more points, and uh, I had fun.
1: Well, I guess if you're going to take it that way, but the showcase was the end, and I was the host, and I made the rules.
2: Yeah, it was still a lot of fun, though. And, um, yeah, I want to do more game shows in the future, and I like when we uh, incorporate the guests in them. I think it's more fun.
1: I thought it was way more fun, and I really enjoyed this format. Especially just because he was so into it and I feel like he had a lot of fun too
2: Yeah, and I I think he was definitely caught off guard and uh, surprised with my uh guessing capabilities
1: He he once or twice said that he was super shocked with marissa's sex toy knowledge <laughs> Like of prices
2: <laughs> I don't know if it's so much my knowledge in sex toys or if i'm just really good at guessing prices
1: you do have a knack for it because when you analyzed, like, the, the toys or, like, how big you thought they were or what they weighed, it, you put, like, pretty close prices on everything.
2: Yeah. I need to know, like, um, what they do, the description. I need, like, the reviews, the, the product dimensions, you know, I need all of the information so I can, like, accurately price the product.
1: Right. It was, it was very surprising. I, I. I truly was proud of you that Uh, you kicked his ass.
2: I take this stuff very seriously. I could do this for a living. (laughs) (laughs) I, if you need me to price your sex toys or any, any stuff in a, particular just uh you know go to my instagram uh yeah
1: no reach out to us on the website yeah reach out (laughs)
2: to me i can um come price your products for you
1: We we not only will help you with your podcast strategy and marketing strategy but marissa will help you price any type of merchandise or sex toys yes or sex toys i am free (laughs) (laughs) oh man well should i hit the final thoughts or what
2: yeah definitely
1: Okay, so I have a different strategy for final thoughts for this show. And this is going to be the only show that I'm going to do this on. I'm going to include you in my final thought.
2: Oh, you're so sweet. Are you ready? Yeah.
1: Okay, so I have a question for you. Okay. Is it becoming more and more prevalent? Well, actually, is that the right word? Is it becoming more... Is it, coming, is it becoming easier to understand your anxiety talking to all of these people that have it
2: I definitely think so um I'm I'm finding it that um more people are more relatable to me you know I'm very um introverted and I I have um very bad social anxiety uh, where you are very extroverted and you do not suffer from social anxiety, so we definitely der- uh, differ with our anxiety. And there's so many different kinds. Um, so talking to all these different kinds of people is so helpful, and I just love getting like everybody's different perspective and just hearing their side of like what they deal with. And yeah, it's definitely eye-opening.
1: Well, this episode this episode was a sp- was very special in the sense that we talk to somebody that is extremely anxiety-stricken and depressed-stricken to, to like, where it's almost at your level and my level. Like, I well, maybe even more. Who knows, right? Right. But the other thing you have to look at, and the reason why I included you in this final thought, was because the more and more we talk to people like this the more and more i find out that they're just like us
2: right and it you feel a little less alone
1: it's not just less alone for me it's more that you and i can accomplish anything if we put our mind to it
2: yeah i definitely agree with that i mean look at how successful of these people are I mean it it definitely um, helps you to understand that you cannot let your anxiety and your depression um, hold you back That you are still completely capable of doing anything that you set your mind to
1: and the other thing you have to remember is that A majority of people like me where you get to that point in your life and all of a sudden you're like, wow, I have anxiety and depression. Or like where you're at where depression, anxiety come in and out in phases at the moment. And you have your good days or your good months and you have your bad months. That these people have all been through the same thing at one point or another. And they chose to rise up instead of go to sleep. Right. But none of them, when we're talking to them, feel like they're failing. And I think they've all been pretty damn real with us. I have yet to have a guest on the show with you and I where I looked at you afterwards and said that was a fake. (laughs) That was a phony. Right. They were faking it the whole show. You know?
2: Yeah. I think um, every person we've talked to has been very real and open. And I appreciate that on so many different levels. Because, you know, we haven't had anybody who tried to, like, mask the fact, you know, that Mm -hmm. everything is perfect.
1: 100%.
2: You know? And it's just like a breath of fresh air, knowing that people aren't perfect. And we can push through, like, the day-to-day things. And life is hard. And we do go through rough patches and you know it's about how how you're able to get yourself up Mm -hmm. and you know push through and cope right
1: yeah and 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 again that's why I wanted you on final thoughts because I wanted you to analyze this with me because it's very important that we both understand
2: I love that he opened up to about having a therapist yeah because that is also another thing that not everybody likes to talk about you know some people do like to you know, kind of put on the facade, like, I can do this myself. what well, like, I don't need help.
1: It, it sometimes is like an embarrassment because, you know, someone with that much um, bravado right. or charisma, mm-hmm. it would be kind of, you know, like, wow, they have to go to a therapist. Right. You know, but realistically, with all the things that are going on in the world right now, the biggest thing that I've seen lately – Is that there is a huge light right now shining on depression and anxiety. And it came from COVID because a lot of people realized, holy shit, I have it. Like, and I didn't even know.
2: Right. Um, And mental health matters.
1: It does because just like me, I have medical anxiety. Like I constantly think something's wrong with me. Right. Or that I'm going to have a stroke or that my heart's going to give out and I'm afraid to die, you know? Mm-hmm. And like everybody on the show, they've all kind of hit that too during this time period. They've readjusted and taken a closer look at it. So I just think it's funny. We're on, you know, episode 16. We buried 15 last week. We had three interviews in a row back to back to back. And all three of these people had very interesting stories to tell us. Um, Was it four, though? Was it four interviews or or three?
2: Uh, Three. We had Sean.
1: We had Sean. We had Marianne.
2: Devin and Tyler.
1: Devin. So four back to back to back to mm-hmm. back. Right. So, and it's just funny to me, though, because I guess... During my final thoughts, I wanted to make it clear to the audience that, you know, Marissa and I are two totally different people. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's, there's no doubt about it. We're two different people. We have two different wavelengths as far as the way we think. And somehow it works. But we also have two types of things going on that are dark. And yet it still works. And yet we're sitting here doing podcast with you and the most introverted person I know who would rather just kind of like chill out with the people she knows versus meeting new people is doing a podcast. So if you think you can't do it, you definitely need to understand that you can and stop worrying about all that stuff. Like just hit, hit the record button, hit the the button on the camera and take a video, you know, Write it down. Do what you got to do. But like all of this is just really funny to me and I've thought about it a lot, especially throughout the interview right now with Tyler. I just kept thinking like, wow, you know? Wow, like how much do we have so much in common with all these people? It's just there's one different thing in all of them. They, like us, had the mentality of fuck it. I'm going to do it. Yes. I'm going to go for it. And I'm not going to be afraid. And like Devin said, who gives a fuck if you fail or if someone says you sucks? Because it's okay to suck. Right. And like Sean said, what else do I have to lose? Right? Mm -hmm. And like Marianne said, you're excellent people. You're excellent parents. So it all ties in together. And then there's Tyler, right? Bringing it home for the fourth interview in a row. And our next show is not going to be an interview. It's going to be a real show again with me and you talking again and just having some fun and, you know, doing game shows or whatever. But I wanted to tie that all in and just bring you in with me and t- and allow us to have that kind of aha moment, like they say on the Curse of Oak Island all the time, that irritates me. hmm <laughs> It's an aha moment where you can sit there and genuinely look at me and I can look at you and tell you like, these people are no different than us. Right. And they just happen to want to come on our podcast. Isn't that cool?
2: It's awesome.
1: It is awesome.
2: Yeah. And you can learn so much from everyone. Yep. Every person you meet has something they can offer you to learn from.
1: And... You just got to know where to take it from. And everybody has a story and everybody's interesting.
2: Yeah, I definitely agree with that.
1: So if you guys just happen to run into Marissa and I on the street. Yeah. And, you know, we're together. Just stop us and say hi.
2: Or don't. Because we're on a date.
1: (laughs) Well, no, I want you guys to say hi. Say hi try to give us a hug you know push push Marissa's boundaries yeah you know and then I want you guys to look at both of us in the eye Real like hard right through our soul into the back of our heads and tell us go fuck yourself <laughs>